Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Welcome back to episode number 75 of the History for Weirdos podcast. And happy Monday if you're listening when this first comes out. Yes, and not only happy Monday, but also happy Black History Month to all of our listeners here in the United States. Yeah, every February in the U.S., for those who may not know, we celebrate Black History Month. And I will actually be kicking off the month of February with a deep dive into a Black American icon, Bessie Coleman. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Before you do, uh, really quickly, I just want to remind you all that if you haven't followed us on Instagram yet, please do so. And if you haven't, please rate, review, and subscribe us on wherever you listen to our podcast because it really does help us grow. And, you know, we've done, we've grown so much and that's all thanks to you guys. So thank you. And without further ado, Stephanie, yeah. let's go. No, yes. Please do all of those things. That really helps us. Um, so... Bessie Coleman, a mm-hmm. lot of us might be familiar with her name. She was the first African-American woman and the first Native American, period, to hold a pilot license. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. She was a very famous aviator and advocate. But I realized when I was kind of reflecting on potential episodes for this month that I knew her name and I knew she was a pilot. And that was pretty much it. Yeah, um, and I didn't. Of my knowledge too. Yeah, I didn't know the details of her life or her achievements. So for today's episode, we'll be taking a much closer look at her life and legacy. So, Coleman was born in 1892 in Texas to sharecropping parents, and she was the tenth of thirteen children. Man, people back then they just Oof. must have a lot of you know a lot of, been a lot to do. There were much fewer entertainment sources, and therefore many more children (laughs) were born. Her parents were George Coleman and Susan Coleman, and her mother was African-American, and her father was African-American and Cherokee. Mm. As I mentioned earlier, I didn't know a whole lot about Bessie Coleman before researching this episode, and I'd only ever heard her described as being black. Um, But I think it's really important to acknowledge her Native American, her indigenous heritage as well. Mm, That's cool. She started going to school at the age of six, and she was a very dedicated student because she had to walk four miles each way to get to and from school. I mean, that's that was like my grandparents. Or at yes. least that's what they tell me. Yes, that's the stereotypical <laughs> story, right? Seriously. I had to walk five miles in the snow. Um, Just like did. that. Yeah. <laughs> but she really did, though. She really did. Her school was, this is what's nuts to me, it was a one-room school. Like oh those one-room schoolhouses? Yeah. And it was segregated. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's like not funny, but it kind of is just because it's so absurd. The absurdity like was really amplified so, there. Like what? Do they have like a curtain in the middle of the room or something? I have no idea. I was like, so how? Um, well, early on, she loved learning. She mm-hmm. loved to read apparently, and she was really good at math. And then when it came to Bessie Coleman's home life, Again, it's important to know, we can see through her school, that at this time, Texas was segregated and racism was rampant. 
and she was in a mixed household, right? Black and indigenous household. So they were facing a lot of systemic barriers. And in the hopes of finding better opportunities, Bessie Coleman's dad wanted to leave Texas with his family in 1901 to live in what was known as, quote, Indian Territory. This is what it was called back then. Mm -hmm. Um, But this area would actually become the state of Oregon. Oh, wow. Under President Theodore Roosevelt in 1907, so just a few years after this. Wow, I didn't know Indian Territory was in Oregon. I always assumed like it was in the Midwest, like currently like Oklahoma and stuff like that. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't. I had never heard of Oregon being referred to as Indian Territory. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, you're right. I, I don't know what else to say. That's kind of crazy, actually. It is. And also just, I didn't realize that like... Oregon, I don't know. Sometimes you think about these things and you're like, 1907 Oregon became a state that's so recent. Right. That's nuts to think about. Well, you know what's nuts is like, so the year my dad was born, 1959, Hawaii and Alaska both became states. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, isn't that wild? Your dad's old. <laughs> I know, and he's not even like that old, no. but like he, he's old. That's so interesting. We are just such a young country. We really are, yeah. We really are. But unfortunately, um, Bessie Coleman's mom disagreed with this idea. So George Coleman moved away independently. Hmm. Bessie, her mom, and her 12 siblings stayed in Texas. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Yeah. You can imagine. Growing up with a single parent, Bessie had to go to school. Like I said, she'd walk those four miles there and back. And then she'd also work in cotton fields and uh, at like a laundromat. Not like obviously a modern laundromat. Mm Mm-hmm. But a place where people would go and take their um, linens to be cleaned. She did all of that just to help her mom make ends meet. Man, yeah, with 13 kids. Yes, exactly. So at the age of 12, Bessie was accepted into the Missionary Baptist Church uh, on a scholarship. Oh, that's... Because, like I mentioned, she was such a good student. It's dope. When she turned 18, she took her savings and enrolled in the Oklahoma Colored Agricultural and Normal University in Langston. I don't know why you would put abnormal university. Yeah, because <laughs> you only want to go to abnormal universities. <laughs> Bizarre universities. Yeah, seriously. That is such a like weird flex. <laughs> like, don't worry. We're, we're normal. We're normcore here. We're very consistently normal. Yeah, so weirdos, if you know what that means, if you have any sort of background on that, please let us know. I'm genuinely curious. I'm so curious as to why that was a flex. <laughs> uh, today it's called Langston University. It's a much better name. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to the point, you know, boom. She completed one term of school before her money ran out. No. And she had to go back home. Oh my God. Isn't that so sad? That's, I, I, I'm kind of surprised because you thought like she would have like thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like how do I budget? Maybe she thought she'd have more time to work while mm. taking classes. And she like just didn't. And she probably didn't, yeah. That's a good point. So then she moved to Chicago in 1915 at the age of 23 to work as a manicurist and live with her brothers. Some of her older siblings were already there. Okay. Um, and it, she, she was a manicurist, but I guess like within a barbershop. And in the barbershop where she worked, she would hear stories from World War Two. I'm sorry, World War One pilots about the thrill of flying. She listened to them talk in the barbershop. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. And she was hooked. Oh. Just the idea of it. And this sparked her goal to become a pilot herself. 
I remember, you know what kind of, okay, this is really silly, but it kind of reminds me of that video that we saw earlier of the cockatoo looking out the airplane window. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's amazing. He's reaching new heights he would have never known before. Okay, I know that's like not even like it's a completely different tone and everything, but that that image just popped in my head and I had to share it. Oh my god, that's amazing! It's so different. <laughs> it's so different, but like equally endearing. Yes, Maybe exactly. That's, that's what it is because it was very endearing. The cockatoo's just like wow. He's like looking above the clouds in this reel that we saw. The cockatoo looks so happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's not what I was expecting. No, not at all. Okay, so... Okay, should, back to reality back here. To, back to history. So Bessie Coleman was determined, I'm going to be a pilot. The problem, flight schools in the U.S. did not accept female or black students. Wow, that's, that's nice. Yeah, so she had some pretty intersecting issues there, being a black woman <laughs> trying to go to pilot school. Yeah, so it was like a double whammy for her. They were just like, no and no. Yeah, no way. No one's even going to consider it, right? So despite being denied admission to schools due to discrimination, she didn't give up. Instead, she pivoted her plan and decided to become a pilot in France because she found out that they would let women and black people be pilots. That's so cool. So she took French language classes at the Berlitz Language School in Chicago. And I thought that was so cool because, fun fact, mm -hmm. my mom learned English at the Berlitz Language School in Los Angeles. That's so cool. A very random connection. Yeah, very random. Yeah, seriously. She had learned, I think, like a little bit in high school and stuff. Right. Like maybe some conversational things. But when she met my dad, that's she was going to Berlitz. Oh my god, yeah, and her, I mean, her English is like, I mean, she has an accent, but besides that, like, it's perfect English. Yeah, she's been here so long, and they're supposed to, I just, so nuts how old this institution is, because I have heard before, as someone who loves languages, that it's like, a really good place to go. So she goes to the language school, she's like, okay, first I gotta learn French, very yeah. smart. Very smart. <laughs> to go to France. Number two, she starts saving her money, and then finally she's got enough saved and she goes to France in 1920 to train and learn how to fly in a, I don't even know what this is, Newport, a, but not Newport, like where you're from. Right. It's like N-I-E. Yeah. Port. port. Five, six, four, biplane. Oh, yeah. I like got biplane. They're... Yes. I know what a biplane is. Yeah. But this specific kind, I can't picture. Um, no. I don't know. And then on June 15th, 1921... Bessie Coleman became the first black woman and the first Native American to earn an aviation pilot's license, as well as the first black person and Native American to earn an international aviation license from the Fédération Aéronautique Internationale. Wow, you're really just like <laughs> bragging right there. Like, oh, look at me. I can speak French. That was really bad, I think. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. That just shows how little of French I know. My mouth is a little dry, so, so I don't think I did as good as I could have. So I thought you did amazing. Thanks, babe. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'm slightly biased, though. Okay. But right here, I want to take... I'm like, stop flattering me. <laughs> I wanna, the flattery will get you somewhere. Somewhere. It'll get me to ask you this question. Okay. I want to take a quick detour to ask you, Andrew. Yeah. Does Bessie Coleman's story remind you of any other story we've covered on the podcast before? Oh, wow. Putting me on the spot. In front of all the weirdos. In okay. In front of all of them. 
Um, a story that would have been taking place, uh, I think, around the same time. Oh, um, Madam C.J. Walker? No. Another great, great icon, though. Yeah, another black lady who's like a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Yeah. Sorry for the French. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get one more guess. I get one more guess. Uh, mm, uh, God, I feel so embarrassed. I really don't know. Yes, Andrew. I was thinking Josephine Baker. Oh, Josephine Baker. <laughs> yes. Okay. I f- okay, I had forgotten about her, to be honest. Because similarly, <laughs> I'm going to ignore that because that was an episode I did. Yeah. Similarly, the iconic entertainer Josephine Baker was an African-American woman who wanted to make it big. But due to discrimination, she chose yes. to pursue her dreams in France. And she was an entertainer as opposed to a pilot. Okay. Right. But she became a sensation in France and then was able to perform in the U.S. Wow, that is actually a very, very similar story. And you're right, it's like the the same same time. time. Mm -hmm, They're contemporaries for sure. So you you did a great job there. Thank you. I I definitely passed your test. Yeah. And this is a good time to mention that I I just saw and then I looked it up to confirm that a Josephine Baker um, biopic is being filmed this year. Oh, no way. Yeah, according to... uh, Deadline, which is like a entertainment news outlet. Yeah. Janelle Monet is set to star as iconic entertainer and freedom fighter Josephine Baker in a TV series. I'm sorry, TV series, not a film, uh, called De la Résistance. I can't wait to watch. Yeah, you did the, a great French pronunciation again. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So definitely keep an eye out for that weirdos because I think you would enjoy it as well. I am I'm actually looking forward to that. I would have liked to see that with you. And I love Janelle Monet. She was in the um, Glass Onion. Oh yes, that we just saw. She is fantastic. She's yeah. so good to watch. She does kind of look like her. She kind of looks like her. That's what I thought. That's too. interesting. Mm-hmm. They have very like um, classic faces. Yes, like like classic as in like not like classical antiquity, but classic as in like 1930s, 1920s. Yes. I don't know how to describe it. I agree. I I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Back to Bessie. Bessie. Determined not only to be a pilot, but a great pilot, Coleman spent the next two months taking extra lessons from a top French pilot near Paris. She wanted to make this her career, but remember that commercial flights are at least a decade away? Oh, yeah. In the future? The 30s, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So Coleman decided to do barnstorming. Instead. Okay, what do, you have to explain. What does that mean? Barnstorming was a form of entertainment where stunt pilots would perform tricks and entertain crowds, either individually or on a team. And then groups that did this were known as flying circuses. So this basically looks like a pilot who's doing like a ton of loops in the sky. They're doing like nose dives and then sometimes even jumping out of the plane. Oh my gosh. Yeah, if they have a co-pilot. Right, right. That's pretty cool. That kind of reminds me of like the Blue Angels. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good example. Yeah, so I don't know why it was called barnstorming. I could not find that. That is so random. But it's essentially a stunt pilot for uh, crowds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Not only, as you can imagine, was <laughs> barnstorming challenging and dangerous, but it was actually a really highly competitive space to get into. Because a lot of people at this time were interested in careers in aviation. Right. But there wasn't a ton of demand necessarily outside of the military. Um, so she went back to the U.S. to learn more. Like, oh, okay, barnstorming is an American thing. Let me go home and learn from someone who's already doing it. 
but none of the white male pilots in Chicago would teach her. They all refused. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Not surprised. Not surprised, but very disappointed. Yeah. Therefore, she traveled around France, Germany, and Netherlands and learned how to do impressive stunts from some of the best pilots in Europe. They were very willing to teach her. Wow. You know what's crazy? So, like, around this time, like, flying hadn't even been around for, like, 20 years. Like... Yes. Like, so it's like this cool new thing. Yeah, like, the Wright brothers were, like, less... It was less than 20 years prior. Then they barely got off the ground. And, like... We had a world war where people were, like, shooting each other down with airplanes. And then now, like, they're doing crazy stunts. It must have been so entertaining to go watch. Yeah. I can only imagine also, like, this brand new, like, technology and almost industry, like, being born. Yeah. Like, out of nothing, right? It's really cool. It is really cool. That's really good context to put this in. It is a brand new industry. So she's really, like, an innovator and a trailblazer in that sense as well. Exactly. Um... So then when she finally gets well-trained, she does return to the United States. In September of 1921, she's like, I'm going to launch my career. Mm-hmm. Um, she made her first appearance in an American air show on September 3rd, 1922, at an event honoring veterans of the all-black 369th Infantry Regiment of World War One. Very fitting. Yeah. The event was held at Curtis Field in Long Island, and the show advertised Coleman as, quote, the world's greatest woman flyer. And it also featured aerial displays by eight other American pilots and a jump, like a, a jump from a plane, from black parachutist Hubert Julian, who was nicknamed the Black Eagle. It's a badass nickname. It's a really badass nickname. It sounds like a Marvel character. It does. Also, that date, like, you know, we, that was just last September. Like, it was a little over 100 years ago now. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. You're right. So, Coleman became known as Queen Bess, and she performed at air shows and exhibitions all over the country, breaking down barriers and proving that anyone could fly. Bessie Coleman famously said, Quote, the air is the only place free from prejudices. It's both like really sweet and sad. Yeah, because people aren't up in there. There's not a lot of people. That's why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, can I just say that uh, Queen Bess, that's a pretty cool nickname, Queen but Bess. it doesn't hold a candle to the Black Eagle. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like Kobe Bryant, like the Black Mamba. Yes. Like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Eagle Mamba. Yes, yeah, it's an animal. I like that. Yeah. Queen Bess, they could have done a little bit better. I like giving her the queen title. I do like that, but it's just like Bess, short for Bessie. That's just lazy. Yeah. Maybe like just Queen Bee, like a bumblebee. Like Beyonce. <laughs> like Beyonce. Beyonce. They wouldn't have known about Beyonce, but yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Can't believe I just referenced Beyonce. I, I'm a, I apologize, weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone loved it. That's true. Yeah. So as a professional aviator... Um, Coleman was actually often criticized by the press for, quote, her opportunistic nature. Oh my god. I, we all know what, what they mean. Yep. That's just so ridiculous. And the flamboyant style she brought to her exhibition flying, that's That's, literally her job. I know, it's like, that's the point. That's like being mad at, like, soldiers for, like, shooting guns. It's like, it's the point. That's what they're doing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if my God. So clearly, I mean, she's the only black female pilot in the United States, black and indigenous. She's probably the only female pilot um, at this time, if not one of the only ones. So they're just uncomfortable 
Right, exactly. They're uncomfortable with this person breaking barriers and doing things that, quote unquote, she shouldn't do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but she also gained a reputation as being a very skilled pilot and being very nice. daring. Ooh. Very daring. She would stop at nothing to complete a difficult stunt. For example, in Los Angeles, that's where we are. That's where we are. She broke a leg and three ribs when her plane stalled and crashed. Oh, boy. And February 22nd, 1923. That date's almost coming up. That's almost here, yeah. Wow. Yes. We should do a little... No, we shouldn't do a celebration. <laughs> <laughs> was, it wasn't a highlight for her. It was not. It was more of like a... Oh, oh no. But she was fine, aside okay, from the broken leg and the ribs, you know. Yeah, nothing life-threatening. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good. The thrill of stunt flying and the cheering crowds were really only one part of her dream. Mm-hmm. She was committed to promoting opportunities in aviation and combating racism. She spoke about both of these topics to crowds across the country. She also got gigs as a speaker. And she refused to participate in aviation events that prohibited the attendance of African Americans. Good for her. Absolutely. Hell yeah. And it also, I think I saw that many times um, she would demand that they desegregate the crowd. Nice. Like in Texas specifically where she was from. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they were like, no, we won't do that. So then she wouldn't take the job. That's really cool. Yes. Good for her. She was even offered a big role in a feature film. Oh. Yeah. And she initially accepted it's, it. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And then she shows up to set ready to film on the first day. And she didn't agree with the portrayal of her character. And she chose to leave. She later said she didn't want to contribute to perpetuating demeaning stereotypes about black folks, um, showing that even though she was driven in her career, her values came first. I really admire that and respect that. I do too. I I think... It's hard to say no to like a big payday. I was literally thinking the same thing. I think that's a really hard position to be in because it also probably guarantees you more big paydays to come. Exactly. So it's like not o- you're not only saying no to the money now, you're saying no to the money in the future. But she understood like her bigger why. Um, Look at you, the bigger why. Yeah, and she stayed grounded. We should all do that, weirdos. Write this down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it'll be on the test. It'll be on the test. A test that'll never come. <laughs> <laughs> or will it? I don't think I'd... Um remember because i literally am looking at my notes and i wrote april 36th for my next note that doesn't exist stephanie you you did you wrote april 36th if it did that would be <laughs> pretty cool so like in april of that year then we i'm can guessing assume. i meant 26th so, okay so i'm not administering any tests don't worry <laughs> yeah. on april probably 26th um 1926 coleman was in jacksonville florida and she was planning a parachute jump herself mm. out of a Curtis JN4. I don't know what that means. It's a plane. Yeah. That she had recently purchased herself. Um, her mechanic was also her publicist. <laughs> and his name, I just think that's so funny. That's like such a random like combination of two jobs. Yes. You know what? I can fix your planes and I can also do your PR. And she's like, you're hired. I guess in the 20s, man, it's like... PR was just like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to kind of like pitch her. Yeah. To different events. Like, I can, I can speak really, really sweetly, Shani. Just like that. I think that's how he got the job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but his name was William Wills. Also very strange. <laughs> Will Wills. His, he was Will Wills. And he 
flew the plane, so I guess he knows how to fly planes too, over from Dallas to Jacksonville. Okay. They get into the plane to fly over and survey the area that she wants to do the jump. Mm -hmm. She wants to check out the terrain and see where would be a good place to land. Um, But then about only 10 minutes into the flight, the plane unexpectedly went into a dive and then a spin at 3,000 feet above the ground. Tragically, Coleman was thrown from the plane and she died on impact. Oh my god. Oh jeez, I was not expecting that. I know. Wills died in the crash as well. He remained within the plane, but he passed away. Um, Although the wreckage of the plane was really badly burned when they found it, it was still later discovered that a wrench used to service the engine had been left in there and it jammed one of the controls. Okay. Immediate thought, was that done on purpose? I love that that's how your brain works. Yeah. You you went straight to the conspiracy, not to just, like, negligence. Yeah, I know. Like, I know, like, with, like, <laughs> you know, like thinking through events or thinking through just, like, situations, it's always best to just go with what's the most likely. Mm. But for me, I don't know, with, like, you know, she was, like, from authority point haters. of view. Yeah, yeah, she had haters. Mm-hmm. And from authority's point of view, she was a rabble rouser, so. That's a good point if someone knew, like, oh, this plane, like, Bessie Coleman's buying this. That's yeah. a good point. Um Either way, no matter what, that's such a sad reason. I know, just something so like... So small to cause such damage, right? Wills was 24. Oh. And Bessie Coleman was 34 years old. She was only 34 when she died? Only four years older than we are now. Oh, I hate that. I know. Funeral services were held in Florida Mm -hmm. before her body was then sent back to Chicago. And there was pretty much little to no mention of her death in the mainstream media news of her death widely spread through the african-american press and when her body arrived in chicago tens of thousands of mourners attended ceremonies Hmm. Um, many ceremonies were led by the very famous journalist and activist ida b wells oh yeah which i was like oh my gosh she's nuts she could have her own story as well she yes she definitely could and i didn't realize that they are contemporaries as well. Um, Bessie Coleman's legacy, however, lives on as a trailblazer and a role model for future generations of women, black folks, and Native Americans in aviation. And I want to share some highlights of how Bessie Coleman's life and work have been honored. Oh, good. Yay. So one, in the United States, there were so many that I could not write them all down. You can find several roads, libraries, and schools named in her honor. Oh, good. I, I mean, I'm not surprised. I love that, yes. Yeah. What about flight schools, though? Like, it's usually like a road to a flight school mm. or like to a, an airport or something that'll be named after her. Yeah. In France, there is a roundabout to the airport in Nice, mm-hmm. a street in Poitiers, and the 20th arrondissement of Paris are named after her. Oh, wow. That's so cool. And the arrondissements are like neighborhoods. Yeah. And they named that one after her. Um, so she's honored in the U.S. and in France. And then there are several Bessie Coleman Scholarship Awards that have been established for high school seniors planning careers in aviation. That's cool. And then in 2001, Coleman was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame 
In 2006, she was inducted into the National Aviation Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, that one is, should be a no-brainer. It really should be. I'm kind of surprised at how long that one took. And then to commemorate the 100th anniversary of Coleman earning her license, her flying license, in August 2022, American Airlines flew a commemorative flight from Dallas, Fort Worth, to Phoenix. The flight was operated by an all-black female crew. This is the pilots, the flight attendants, the cargo team, and the aviation maintenance tech, all black females. Whoa, that's actually kind of wild. It's amazing. Yeah. And then in 2023, that's this year, Mattel added a Bessie Coleman Barbie doll to its Inspiring Women, Women series. Oh, wow. They must have like literally just done that. They just announced it. Wow. It looks really cute. I didn't like... Barbie dolls when I was little, they scared me. But as, <laughs> as an adult... It makes sense that you're the host of a podcast called History for Weirdos. <laughs> that tracks, yeah. It does track. But as an adult, I've seen some cool Barbie dolls that I like as like collector's ones. Like I can right. see why people really like them. Like they, they're in the box and everything. Yeah. yeah. They had they came out, I think it was last year, with a... Uh, Dia de los Muertos one, and she's got the makeup. And... Oh, that's cool. Yes, and then uh, this Bessie Coleman one's cool too. Yeah. But they might still scare me, so I'm not going to buy them. No, we will not. Because <laughs> I don't want you like just waking me up in the middle of the night like, I'm afraid of the Barbie. Like, Babe, <laughs> I've, I've had three hours of sleep. Come on. <laughs> I would totally do that. You would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then last but not least. Okay. Coleman will be honored this year on the quarter. Oh, that's so cool. Isn't that so cool? That's so cool. Recently, as well, Maya Angelou was honored on the quarter. Yes. And Andrew found, like, the first one he saw, and he gave it to me. I did. Because she's my favorite poet, and I keep it in my wallet for good luck. Mm. So I'm going to keep an eye out for the Bessie Coleman quarter. Yeah. And that is the story, the legacy of Bessie Coleman. Wow, that's so tragic. I didn't I didn't realize that her life was so tragic. I didn't realize she had passed away so young. It, yeah. Like I the, didn't know that. The only pictures you see of her, it's kind of like the same time frame in, in her life. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was odd. Like, oh, maybe she just retired young or something. But no, she passed away way too young. She could have done so much more work. I didn't even mention that um, some of her friends and family said after she passed away that her next big dream, like her next big goal, was to open an aviation school that would allow anyone to learn how Aww. to fly. Yeah. She was that a special person. It makes me so person. sad that she never did that. I know. But, I mean, like that that flight was pretty cool to commemorate, like the 100-year yes. anniversary. Um, All and, the scholarships in her honor. Right. Like, I'm sure if she, like, she could see it now, she'd be like, wow. Yes. She couldn't even imagine. That's true. Yes. And my sources for this week are the National Women's History Museum, Encyclopedia Britannica, and then um, an article from the website Amy Poehler's Smart Girls. Oh, Amy Poehler. Wow. Yes. Very Leslie Nope of her. Very Leslie Nope. She has an entire website just dedicated to honoring and supporting um, women in different fields. Does she have Hedy Lamar? We'll look it up. I don't yeah. know. That's a good one. And last but not least, Wikipedia. Because, of course. Because what would we do without it? I don't know. I think the world would just implode, to be honest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree. I think that's science. That's real science right there. Yeah. yeah. This, 
This is a, a science podcast now. <laughs> yeah. Well, weirdos, that's it. Thank you, Stephanie, for that story. That was really, really incredible. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you liked it. Yes. And yes, thank you so much for listening, weirdos. Yeah. And until next time, weirdos. Until next time.